Welcome to the Bold Speak Podcast. I'm Anthony Creedon. On this episode of the podcast, we'll be finishing up the book of Galatians as we conclude our study of no other gospel with Paul's final warnings and encouragement. And on the inner out, I'm going to get a little personal as I talk about something I am absolutely done with, even though I will likely have to do it again. All that coming your way as we give them the bold speak. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to our study of No Other Gospel, a study of the book of Galatians. I'm very excited for you to be with me today as we finish out this study, uh, these readings and these ideas that Paul's been putting forth about the nature of the gospel. And we've worked our way through this entire book to come to a a real sense of what the gospel is and, and how it operates and its importance to be lived out in the life of the church. And so today, as we look at Galatians chapter 6, verses 6 to 16, I want us to take some time to reflect on everything that we've thought about, everything that we've learned, everything we've discussed, uh, as Paul today is going to give us a, a little bit of information about uh, kind of the nature of the natural consequences of creating this different gospel and, and what it's done, as well as talking about the, the dangers of making the gospel a little bit more palatable. And that's essentially what the Judaizers were doing. They were trying to uh, sit on the fence and offer to uh, both the Jews something they would appreciate and the Christians something they would appreciate. So I'm excited to have you close this out with me, and I really appreciate you taking the time and going through this entire study with me, as I think the book of Galatians is an incredibly important book for the church to read today. All right, so if you got your study guide with you, go ahead and pull that out. Uh, We're going to be on page 41. All right, 41 is where we'll start. If you haven't had a chance to pick up the study guide, I would encourage you to do so. You can do that on our brand new website at www.theboldspeak.com. All right, if you go there and go to the store, uh, you'll see there all the different options of study guides that you can purchase, and this one is on there for no other gospel. So I'd encourage you to do that if you can. Um, also, want to make sure that everybody knows uh, we're going to be reading through the English Standard Version of the Bible. So if you have a Bible, you can pull that out and open up to Galatians 6. If you happen to be driving or don't have access to a Bible, do not worry. I will uh, read it for you so that you've got it and uh, you can follow along fairly easily. All right. So Galatians chapter 6, uh, we're going to start by just reading verses 6 through 10. So let's begin there. Galatians 6, 6 to 10. Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then... As we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Question 9. What natural reality is Paul explaining in verses 6 to 10? Uh, Verses 6 to 10 serve as a, a summary or a culmination of everything that Paul has expressed throughout this entire letter. What he's dealing with is, is really the primary question of where is it that you put your hope If you look at verse 8 specifically, it says, For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. Now what he's getting to here is a lot of what he talked about in chapter 5. 
If you rely on your flesh, if you rely upon yourself for salvation, if you rely upon yourself for the hope of your salvation, all you're going to end up with is reaping what you sow. All the flesh can provide, all that you can provide, all that you bring to the table is your sin, which is no hope at all. But rather, we should rely on the Spirit, and that's what he says in the second part of verse 8, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. The only hope we have of salvation is God alone. And the Spirit of God brings all the gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and so on. And so what he's doing is he's saying, look, whatever you rely upon for your salvation, for the hope of your salvation, you're going to get exactly what it can give. And all the flesh can give is sin, is corruption. And so you won't find hope there. Hope is only found in the Spirit of God, and this is sort of the natural reality of things. All right, let's take a look at the next part here of Galatians 6, verses 11 to 18. See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation." And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them, and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. Question 10. What does Paul say is the reason for the Judaizers' application of circumcision to the gospel message? What does he mean by this? Well, Paul states that he believes that the Judaizers have compromised the message of the true gospel with circumcision in order that they would not be, quote, persecuted for the cross of Christ. Now, what he means by this is that the Judaizers have compromised the message of Jesus in order that they would make the message of Jesus more palatable to the non-Christian Jews. In so doing, they came off as the good guys to everyone, right? Everyone loved them, right? Because their hope might have been that the, the Christians would hear Jesus and they go, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Jesus, right? I, I connect with that. I resonate with that. The Jews would hear circumcision and go, oh, oh gosh, okay. As long as we've got circumcision, we're okay. And therefore, everyone would just love them, right? Because they were like the perfect fence sitters. They had everything everyone could want. But... That's not the case. Rather, the, the Jews heard Jesus and were offended by Jesus, and the Christians heard circumcision and were confused about circumcision or even offended by circumcision. And so everyone ended up just being upset, especially Paul. And so what Paul is saying is in their effort to make the gospel more palatable, all they did was change it into something that was completely unfamiliar and of little to no use to anyone. The gospel cannot be compromised. You cannot add something to it. You cannot modify it or change it. It cannot be altered to be more acceptable to the masses. 
The gospel is what the gospel is, and some believe it, and some struggle to believe it. But the gospel is what it is. And that gets us to question 11. What great danger exists when we try to compromise the message of the gospel to make it more acceptable to those who object to Christ? As was the case with the Judaizers, what we risk is losing the gospel altogether. Right, when we try to change the gospel so that others will be more accepting of it, we run the risk of sacrificing too much of the truth to accomplish that goal. And that's not to say that we can't use different words or attempt new strategies to communicate the gospel. That's what we're called to do as we live out the gospel in the lives of other people. But we do have to be aware of, of what we can lose in translation. Right? We can't sacrifice the, the essence or the truth, the purity of the gospel. Think of it like a drink mix, right? The purpose of a drink mix is to add flavor to common water, right? In order to do that, we pour water into the mix and stir them together. Now, there's a certain proportion of water to the drink mix that's specified in order to get the right flavor. But what if we add too much water, right? If we add too much water, eventually the drink mix just ends up being like slightly colored water with very little flavor. In a similar way, we add to the truth of the gospel our own words and ideas, right? And this allows us to, to speak to others about the message in a way that's understandable to that particular audience and help them to understand how it is that we live out that gospel life. But if we add too much of our uh, kind of personal input and desires, if we, we overload the message with our own agendas or opinions or feelings, we can end up with just a watered-down message of the gospel that really doesn't resemble the gospel much at all. And, and that's a problem. Because if the gospel loses its meaning, if we, if we water it down so much that the purity of the gospel doesn't come through and people don't feel that reality or that, that message of relief, they don't understand what, what Christ has done in, in, in all his sacrifice to give them this incredible gift, then we're failing as the church. This is the essence of the Judaizers' mistake, right? That they added way too much of their own agenda and ideas and opinions as a result of desiring to be loved by both sides. And in the end, they just ended up messing up the message and misrepresenting all sides, right? And this is why Paul emphasizes that he boasts in nothing but the cross of Jesus Christ. Because in the cross of Jesus Christ, we find the only true, pure, unchanged, unwavering freedom through the redemption that he earned for us there. Right? That's the only gospel that exists and the only gospel that we will ever need. It's also the only gospel that he is interested in proclaiming to the world. Salvation comes by no other way than God alone through Christ alone. And the significance of that is to say that it will not be hindered by anyone or anything. There is, in fact, no other gospel but the gospel of Jesus Christ and him crucified and all the blessings and, and incredible grace and mercy that is heaped upon us through it. That is the message that we are called to live out into the world. That radical love, mercy, and freedom brought to us through Christ and through nothing else. There are no amount of works, no amount of, of, of penance, no amount of anything that can grant you the gifts of God 
outside of God himself. And that's a message that Paul never, ever wants to compromise. And a message that we, too, should never compromise. Now, for those of you who have the study guide, you'll see another section there called Closing Thoughts. And there I've provided you with three questions that give you a chance to reflect on our Galatian study. To think about uh, how it is that these ideas about the purity of the gospel and the nature of the gospel uh, apply to you in your life. And what are some things and, and that you can maybe put in place to help you to live out the reality of that gospel. And, and where are maybe some places that we can challenge the church to, to live better in the gospel. So if you've got that, I encourage you to look through that, write down some answers, take a little time to do some personal reflection and journaling uh, as we look forward to, to how it is that we can live this, this reality of the gospel that Paul has called us to here in the book of Galatians. Well, that's going to do it for our study of uh, No Other Gospel, uh, a look at the book of Galatians. I'd like to pray with you as we close out this study. Gracious Lord, you have given us the most beautiful gift that we could ever imagine. You gave us your son, Jesus. Through his death and resurrection, we've been given eternal life and a chance to, to, to fully live as you have called us to live, as you have gifted us to live. Help us to never lose the purity of the gospel and help us to always find ways to live that gospel out in the lives of others. That through us, they might see you we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I truly do love the gospel and the mercy and peace that it brings. But as of late, there have been things that have threatened my peace. And one of the biggest threats to my peace is something that I have done many times before and will surely do again, even though I absolutely hate it. And it's very likely most of you will do it as well. It's moving. More on that on this episode of The In or Out. All right, young man, in or out? Well, after a lot of transition in my life, it appears I will be moving my operations back to the Midwest. And while that comes with some personal challenges, it also comes with some organizational ones as well. Specifically, all the details that go along with moving. Look, I'll be the first to admit that this is an area of weakness for me. Not that I can't do it, but it doesn't come naturally to me. Honestly, it stresses me out. And to add to it, Marie Kondo has apparently turned the world upside down and the purge process has begun. Deciding what to keep and what to get rid of, the heaping of bags of trash, the large donate piles, it all just makes me sweat. Donation centers must love it. I imagine trash collectors want to bring Marie Kondo up on charges. Either way, it makes for a lot of detail-oriented, organizationally-driven madness. And sometimes I feel like my head is about to explode. But more than that, it's just a lot of transition and change. Something my Lutheran roots cringe at. It's an upheaval of my life, a walk out into the unknown. As a divorced father of two whose children will remain behind with their mother, it also makes fatherhood a challenge from 1,200 miles away. There have been moments of fear, confusion, anger, and so much more. But there have also been little blessings. And being closer to family. The chance for my children to spend solid time with their grandparents on visits. And the incredible future that awaits me with a woman that has shown me Christ at every step along my journey. 
And while I don't know what the future holds, what I do know is that God is with me. As Isaiah affirms, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So in the chaos, I will trust. In the confusion, I will trust. In the hope that God will bring about his good and perfect will, I will trust. Though it may not make sense to me all the time and in the midst of a strange mix of sadness and joy, I will trust. Because ultimately, as always, God is all I have to lean on. Not because he is mine, but because I am his. And so I go forward knowing that he will lead me. And as usual, the best is yet to come. So as much as I wish I was out when it comes to moving, it appears I am in for now. Because as much as I hate moving, God is always moving. And I can take comfort in that. That's all for this episode of the Bold Speak Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. As always, find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at forward slash The Bold Speak. Make sure you check out our website at www.theboldspeak.com. And also make sure you subscribe, like, and share as much as possible so you can make sure to stay updated on all the latest information and content as it's released. Until next time, everyone, I'm Anthony Creedon, and that is The Bold Speak. The Bold Speak.